Hello, and welcome to the Royal Tribe Church podcast. We are a church poised with the vision of enabling individuals to discover their identity in Christ through sound biblical teaching. The sermon you're about to listen to is part of a sermon series titled The Holy Spirit and I by Pastor David Shola Oludoyi. John 16, 13 says, However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. Be blessed as you listen. What a great day and a great opportunity to come again into the presence of the Lord to share scriptures with you. I'm always excited whenever we have opportunity to talk about the bread of life. You know the reason why? The Bible says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So every time we share scriptures, we're actually talking about God. We're talking about Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. And the word of God is what is sustaining all things. So I'm always excited to talk about the word of God. How are you doing today? Jesus is alive. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, thank you for the privilege to break the bread of life. Thank you for the entrance of your word to give light and give understanding to the simple. Lord, please speak to us today even as we fellowship together in Jesus' name. Amen. Folks, let's open our Bibles together if you have one to 1 Corinthians in chapter 12. 1 Corinthians in chapter 12. Now, we have spoken about last week, we tried to speak about the gifts of the Spirit. We have talking about exercising your spirit. We have tried to understand who the Holy Spirit is, what does he represent to us, what is his activities, what's his position in the tree We've learned a lot about the Holy Spirit, but today we want to take it further by just learning about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The gifts of the mark my English now, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Not a gift, but gifts. So in the Bible tells us, Apostle Paul writing in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, quite a lengthy passage, but I'll make it very brief. In verse 12, chapter 12, verse 1 to 11, it says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, by the way, I'm reading from King James. I will not have you ignorant. You know that you are Gentiles carried away onto these dumb idols, even as you are led. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. Now, those four verses alone tells us a lot. Number one is that ignorance is not good. God doesn't want us to be ignorant. Isaiah chapter 5 verse 13 talks about the danger of ignorance. Hosea chapter 4 verse 6 talks about the danger of ignorance. Say, my people perish because they lack knowledge. Ignorance is not the best. So he says, I don't want you to be ignorant. In other words, Apostle Paul is saying, I want a church that is informed and well-equipped. I say it again, a well-informed church and a well-equipped church. In other words, he's saying, I want you as a believer to be well-informed and to be well-equipped so that when you see things happening around you, you are not confused. You're not bothered. You are not wondering where is this coming from? So somebody shout with me, I will be well-informed 
and I'll be well equipped. Very important. Say it again. I'll be well informed and I'll be well equipped. Now, that's it. So, he says, I don't want you to be ignorant. And there are many things in the Bible that people are confused about, but he wanted them to have a good understanding. And he says, another thing he told us, which is powerful, is that nobody can say Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. Isn't that exciting? And we have been studying about the Holy Ghost and I. Can you imagine? Nobody could ever say Jesus is Lord unless by the Spirit of the living God. Isn't that wonderful? That's one of his functions. He's there to reprove the word of sin and to convict us of righteousness. That is the world, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. So, which means, listen to now, listen to this now. If you can say Jesus is Lord, then you actually have the Holy Spirit in you. Wow. It's as simple as that. Because nobody can ever say Jesus is Lord unless the Holy Spirit is in them. That is why, watch this. Now, remember this. When you are among friends in certain cycles and you have, they say pray and you pray in God's name, nobody has a problem with it because God needs to be defined. But when you say in Jesus' name, you will see reactions. Sometimes hostile reactions and you are wondering what is wrong because you have mentioned that name Jesus. Nobody can say Jesus is Lord unless the Holy Ghost draws him now. So let's now go to the gifts in verse 5. 1 Corinthians 25, 5, it says, Now there are differences of administrations but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations but it is the same God that is working in all. So that means in the body of Christ, the gifts are many, but they are not, we are not boring people. We all do not have the same gifts, but it is God that is working in all of us. Very important as a foundational thing. Now, the real gift now is from verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Every man. Number one, for to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge, to another by the same Spirit, faith, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. Verse 10, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. Verse 11, I say, but all this worketh that one and the self-same Spirit dividing to every man severally as he wills. Now, the beautiful thing about this passage, and that is exciting for me, is that it is possible for human beings to become the house of God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, it says, What know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, you are not your own. Amazing. Amazing. The moment you gave your life to Christ, that you said Jesus is loved by the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit comes to reside inside of you. That means you now have the propensity and capacity to produce fruits. Remember the nine of them? Then beyond that, because he lives in you, you can now ask him for the gifts that he has. That's amazing. God dwells in you. Since God dwells in you, then the fruits can manifest. Now listen, there is a difference between the gifts and the fruits. Gifts do not indicate character. Whereas, whereas the, the spirit, the fruit of the spirit represents your character as a child of God. That's a fundamental difference. So when you have gifts, it's because you have prayed, you have asked. The Holy Ghost gives that to you. But when it comes to fruit of the spirit, that's actually what represents your character. That's why you can see people that have character flaws and yes, manifest gifts.
character flaws they do things you're wanting is this guy a child of god and yet he has just healed the sick that's why you don't run after gifts we know them by their fruit we spoke about that last week all right so the gift of the spirit must not be confused with the fruit of the spirit so there are gifts of the spirit and there are nine of them now let's go further now what is a gift what is a gift? A gift, simply put, by dictionary, is a thing given to someone willingly, without payment. Now, that's critical, because you don't then need to run to a mountain or run to some prophet to go get a gift and pay them. No, you don't pay. It is a gift. It's without payment. What's a gift? It's a present that the Lord gives to you. What is a gift? A notable capacity that God gives you that the Holy Spirit endows you with or a talent or an endowment. In other words, I define it as the gifts of the Spirit are what I call extraordinary grace bestowed on Christians for special services. Amazing. Look at all these flags behind me. Sweden, Estonia, all kinds of places are here. From region three, I'm saying hello to you today. Now, for you to do services in this place, you need some gift of the Holy Spirit. That's what we are talking about. Now, what this? There are extraordinary grace, gifts that the Holy Spirit gives unto us. Now, there are, I want to explain this to you this way. Broadly speaking, in life generally, broadly speaking, there are three types of gifts. Number one, Remember, we have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So, God the Father has gifts that He gives to every human being. Why? He created everyone. Again, they are gifts. You don't pay for them. Now, these are things you find in Romans chapter 12, verse 6 to 8. Now, every human being broadly can find themselves in one of those things. You have administration, you have leadership, you have mercy, you have all kind of teaching and all that. There are seven broad gifts that are given by the Father. Okay, now after that, you have the gift I call the gifts of the Son. The gifts of the Son. Now that's important. Now to get the gift of the Father, you just need to be created and born on planet Earth. That's all it is. But to get the gift of the Son, then you must be born again. And you understand in a minute now, you must be born again. Now these gifts of the Father, you don't pay for because they are gifts. The gifts of the Son, you also don't pay for, neither do you pray for them either. He gives to everyone as he has proposed in heaven. What are the gifts of the Son? Let me quickly mention them to you. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 and 12. The Bible says, He gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. We call them the five-fold ministry, the five fingers, five-fold ministry. And these are the gifts of Jesus. So how did I become a pastor? The Holy Ghost or Jesus made me a pastor. He gave me the gift. Some are evangelists. He gave them. Now, everybody won't be a pastor. Everybody won't be a teacher. Everybody will not be an evangelist or apostle. And there's something wrong with them. So those are special gifts that we call fivefold gift to the body of Christ. And what is the purpose? Verse 12, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, and for the edifying of the body of Christ. In other words, the gifts are given to us to perfect the saints. So a teacher teaches, like I'm teaching now, like I'm preaching now. That's my assignment. Why? To perfect the body. Now, it's only Jesus that gives those gifts. You can't demand. You can't say, I want to be a pastor. Lord, make me an evangelist. It doesn't work like that. 
the Lord chooses whom he chooses. Now, before I delve into the gifts, let me quickly say to you, what is the purpose of the Holy Spirit giving us these gifts? What's the purpose of them? Let me run through a few of them. Number one, to enable you function as a witness for Christ. Now, the gifts are given to you and I so that you can function as a witness for Christ. What do I mean by that? In other words, when it's time to win souls, when it's time to be a witness for Christ, there are certain gifts that may need to manifest through you to convince people around you that you are really a child of God. Now, at that time, they don't need your gentleness. They don't need your meekness. They need to see something to convince them. They need to see what we call signs and wonders. They are there to function, to make you function as a witness for Christ. Number two, what's the purpose of these gifts? Is to draw men unto God. To draw men unto God. I mean, there, there are loads of examples in the Bible, but we don't have a lot of time to go through that. That you see the apostles ministering to people, lay hands on people, and they began to receive the Holy Ghost. And there was a man, Simon the sorcerer, who said, wait a minute, give me money also that I may be able to do what you are doing. Can you see that? The gifts are meant to draw men unto God. The gifts are meant to draw men unto God. So it's very good when you have the gift of the Spirit, it convinces people that you are serving a living God and it is attentive. It, it draws attention. It's very, very captivating, very charismatic. In fact, another name for it is that we call it charismatic gift. Charismata, which means things that are exuberant, things that, that are very interesting. We call them charismatic gifts. That's so another thing we call them, all right? Number three. Number three, the purpose of the gift is to win souls much more easily. To win souls much more easily. And I'm, let me give you an example of this. And I will explain that when we get to the gift. Imagine you're witnessing to somebody or you're sitting on the train or on the plane and the Lord simply begins to reveal something to you about somebody sitting next to you or opposite you. Maybe this person is thinking of committing suicide and just walk up to them and say, don't worry, it's going to be okay. God told me to tell you, you won't, you won't die. You don't need to die. What do you think is going to happen to them? Number one, they think you're freaky. They think something, you're, you're out of this world and the person probably will break down weeping. And that is the easiest way to lead people to Christ. The gifts are there to win souls much more easily. And I can give you loads of examples of how God has used this thing to work in my life. Number four, they are meant to complement each other in the body. So in other words, you have the gift of healing. Maybe I have the gift of interpretation of tongue. Maybe she has the gift of discerning of spirits. Now we don't use it to fight each other, oppress each other, or boast. No, we use it to do what? Complement each other. So when in service, the gifts are there to complement. Complement, the word complement is the word complete. So we are completing each other. What's deficient in me you bring to the table? What's deficient you are bringing to the table? Because no one has all the gifts anyway. As at now that we're talking. Number five, to edify the old church. To edify the old church. What is edify? Is to build up the old church. So gifts are there to build up the old church. Now please understand. Number six, no gift is superior to the other. So that we may avoid pride. It's very important. The gifts function in an atmosphere of humility. And no gifts is superior to the other. Now somebody will say, but I wish I would prophesy more. Well, if the Holy Spirit feels that's what you need, they will give it to you. 
But if they don't, you don't need to get mad. Amen. All right. So important. And then number seven, which is very important, is that the gifts are available for everyone. Read my lips. Everyone, including you, listen to me. Including you, including you. Yes, and yes, you are means you. The gifts are available for everyone. And that's why nobody can boast that they are uncles of God or aunties of God or they are spiritually very deep. No, no, no. It's available for all of us. You know why? Because you have said Jesus is Lord. Nobody can say Jesus is Lord without the Holy Spirit dwelling in them. So the gifts are available to you. And then, this is important. This is important. Not just to preachers, not just to teachers, not just to pass of the church. No, to all of us. The number eight, number eight, the gifts are given according to the Spirit's will, according to the will of the Spirit. It is given to us as the Holy Spirit looks on us and knows what we need. It's given to us. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, that Bible says it in verse 11 and 12. It says, all this worketh that one and the self-same spirit, dividing to every man severally as he wills. Severally as he wills. Are you getting that? So it's the Holy Ghost that gives you as he feels you need. Okay? So he knows your capacity. He knows who you are. He knows what will happen tomorrow. And he gives you the gifts you need. Glory be to God. Now, having settled that, let me now explain the gift to us now. Today, we're only doing overview. We can't go deep into them. Okay? So there are three categories of gifts. And there are nine of them. Number one is what we call... We call them the, 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 the uh, number one, rather, forgive me. We call it revelation gifts. Revelation gifts are three of them. Number one, we have what is called the word of knowledge. The word of knowledge. And all this is in the scripture that we have read to you. The word of knowledge. Now, I choose to put that first in Acts chapter 10, verse 9 to 19. You can see the word of knowledge in action. In Acts chapter 10, in Acts chapter 9, 11 to 14, you can see the word of knowledge in action. Okay? In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8, it says, To one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, another the word of knowledge. Now, what is the word of knowledge? Brief statement is a supernatural revelation by the Holy Spirit of certain facts in the mind of God. Things that no other person could have ever known. Only God knows them. God reveals them to you. What this now? Spiritual ability that reveals knowledge of the past or present about an individual or a situation. Pashallah, what do you mean? God reveals certain things about the past of someone or their present situation that no, no other person could have known apart from God. Now, why do you think God would do that? God does that so that he can convince, convince them that, listen, I am interested in you. I have a plan for you. Glory be to God. So we call it the gift of the word of knowledge. Okay. Then we have what is called word of wisdom. Again, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8, word of wisdom. In Acts 27, 23, 24, you can see that in action. Acts 27, 23, 24, or Acts 21, verse 10 to 13. Again, all these, we are going to deal with them one by one in the preaching. But this, just for you to understand, is a supernatural ability that impacts certain things about the future to man. Can you see the difference? Word of knowledge reveals things to you about the past and present of an individual. Or a situation. But when it comes to word of wisdom, it is facts about the future and usually provides solutions or a way out. 
In other words, you understand the plan and purpose of God to bring clarity to a situation. Usually they work together in tandem with the word of knowledge. I'm sure you have seen me preach many times in church or standing somewhere and you are saying there's somebody here, tomorrow this is going to happen to you, blah, blah, blah. You say things like that. Now, where did you know it from? There's no crystal ball to gaze at. It has to be word of wisdom. There are people who have sat before you, before me, canceling me before, and suddenly you're saying things to them about their tomorrow that you yourself don't even understand, but God is showing you or shows you about their past. Now, usually it shows you past so that it can help them deal with an issue. I remember a story of a particular person, I'll try and paraphrase it, who had issues. You see, the person had offended someone in the past and I was praying for the person and the Lord says, don't pray. Ask them this question. One, two, three. On asking, the person started crying. Now that was the problem. Until they dealt with that past that nobody could have known. They had even forgotten about it, but God brought it by word of knowledge. Does it make sense now? Number three, under the under the manifestation gifts, under revelation gifts, is what we call discerning of spirits. Discern, I didn't say gift of discernment. Two different things. Discerning of spirits. Now, what is this? Very critical. In Acts chapter 5, 1 to 11, you remember the story. Acts 5, 1 to 11. Okay, word of knowledge also, word of knowledge also came to, to play in that place. But discerning of spirit. Ananas and Sapphira had another spirit. And Peter was able to discern it fantastically. His divine ability, what is, to spiritually identify falsehood falsehood to distinguish between right and wrong motives and spiritual forces at work so sometimes you get into a, an atmosphere and you just feel i'm in the wrong place now nobody has told you nothing about it you just feel no 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 i can't be here i don't know about you but i have some of my son or two of my sons a lady was invited to a church many years ago one of my son's church in this london and she had she had come tried to enter this church and noticed another church beside the church and thought that was the church and she walked into the church sat down she said not quite two minutes she just felt this can't be the church i'm in the wrong place and took her bag and walked out looking for the church that she came to the church felt there was an oppressive atmosphere this is all now you need the signing of spirits to understand that that so somebody is performing a miracle near you they are doing things around you that look very wonderful you need to ask yourself lord is this you or not why because they are magicians too in fact the bible says satan himself will disguise himself as, as an angel of light discerning of spirits is an is, is to have insight into the spirit world to perceive okay by seeing or hearing or feeling okay let me stop at that so i don't go too far there's a lot to talk about but we'll leave it at that number two types of gifts are what we call inspirational gifts again three of them don't forget it revelational inspirational Inspirational gift of utterance, vocal gifts. Now, out of this, you have three of them. Number one, the gift of prophecy. I'm sure this is one all of us know and we all like. The gift of prophecy. Beloved, you can find it in Acts 21, 8 to 11, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1, and the whole chapter really, verse 1 to, to, to 4 or 5. The gift of prophecy is for edification, exhortation, and comfort. Now hear this, don't miss it. Edification, building up, exhortation, encourage, and comfort. That's the gift of prophecy. So we are in connect group, for instance. 
And we are all fellowshipping together. And we are praying. And somebody suddenly begins to move in the gift of prophecy. Why? To edify us. To exhort us. And to, so for instance, people say, oh, just share the Lord. Do not worry. I, I, I'm God. There is no one else beside me. I've gone ahead of you. I will perfect all that concerns you. Can you see that? He, he provided a bit of comfort for us that don't, don't give up. That's what is his divine ability to communicate God's truth and art in a way that caused people to right relationship with God. That's the gift of prophecy. Okay? Now, please hear this. Please, please hear this. There is a difference between the gift of prophecy and the office of a prophet. Please hear me. Office of a prophet is what God has called somebody into an office. But the gift of prophecy can flow in any believer, including you and I. It doesn't mean that's why I always tell people I'm not a prophet. You see, but there are people called to that office. Glory be to God. And so, understand that. The next gift, because of time, is the gift of diverse kinds of tongues. Diverse kinds of tongues. It's called glossolalia, where you're talking. Diverse kinds of tongues. is divine ability to pray or prophesy in the heavenly language to, again, encourage your spirit and the body of Christ in a deep communion with God. So you prophesy. I'm sure you've seen that before. Somebody speaks and speaks and speaks. Then they say, they explain what they have said before. Now, thank God that you speak in tongues. But please pray also for diverse kind of tongues. Diverse kind of tongues. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1 to 14, it is written there. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10, it says, to another the working of miracles, another prophecy, another the sign of spirit, another diverse kind of tongues. Isn't that wonderful? I mean, I could give you loads of t- testimony about this, but, you know, we'll move on. There are a situation where people have found themselves, you know, in foreign land, and somebody begins to pray in diverse kind of tongues. And they're actually speaking their local language. Um, there's a particular incident that happened in Iceland. A gentleman f- from, from Africa had gone to Iceland and was very lonely, found himself in a church and somebody was prophesying, somebody was speaking diverse kind of tongues and was speaking Yoruba language. How far apart can that be? That can only be done by the Spirit. Why? To encourage the person, to edify the body. And he now gave the interpretation. Very interesting. Now, if you remember in Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Ghost came and the apostle began to speak, everybody understood them because it's supernaturally given. Let's go continue. So we have diverse kind of tongues. Then number six, you have or number three, under this gift, you have interpretation of tongues. You see, they work in tandem. Interpretation of tongues is the ability to interpret the gift of tongues. It's not translating. Please understand. It is called interpreting. There are two different things. It's a grace the Holy Ghost gives to believers, not man's ability. And it operates at the spirit wills. Please hear this. Prophecy is a supernatural utterance in a known tongue. That's prophecy. Whereas, diverse kind of tongues is supernatural utterance in an unknown tongue. I hope you understand the difference. Now, the third category of this is what we call power gifts. Power gifts. Power gifts, I told you, is for action, is for doing. All right? Now, you have three of them again. Gift of faith. Now, somebody say, but pastor, I thought all of us have faith. Yes, all of us have a measure of faith, but this is the gift of faith. It is a bit higher than the gift that, than the, than the faith that all of us have. It's a bit higher. All right. In first Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, we are told to another faith by the same spirit. Now, every believer 
has a general faith or what we call saving faith, which is also a gift, Ephesians 12, 8, which is Romans 10, 17, to increase your faith. But this is different from special gift of faith. Special gift of faith is the divine ability to believe in God for unseen supernatural results in every arena of life. Now, guys, it's imparted to work miracles. It's a wonder-working gift of faith. And I'm trusting God that all of us shall pray for a gift like this in Jesus' name. It's called the gift of faith. Acts 11, 20 to 24. We explain that for that to us. Number, number, number two under this or number eight is what we call the working of miracles. Can you see? They are all working together. The working of miracles. You can find that in John 2, 7 to 11. Jesus Christ worked miracles. First Corinthians chapter 12, 7 to 11. Jesus worked miracles. Second Kings 2, 14. He worked miracles. A miracle is a supernatural intervention by God in the ordinary course of nature. That's a miracle. Okay, the gift of working on miracles is divine ability that does, commands, or works miracles. Now, every believer can pray for miracles, but working on miracles takes a bit of special gift from the Holy Spirit. And I'm trusting God, after this series of teachings and prayer, you too shall begin to work miracles in Jesus' name. Elijah, for instance, worked miracles, brought the dead boy back to life, even gave the human food to it. That's miracles. And then the final one, number nine, is the gift of healing under the power gift, the gifts of healing. Now, if, if you read Mark 3, 14 to 15, and several places in the Bible, you will see it. Now, there is a healing, hear this, based on our faith in the word of God. First Peter 2, 24 talks about that. That is general for all of us. But there is also the healing by the ability and power of God imparted on a man. It's called the gift of healing. And that's why those who operate in this gift, they realize that no matter the sickness, they are able to speak to it and they get results. Does that make them superior to other believers? No. It's just a gift that God has given them to function. One time, life story, I was, many years ago, I was in, I was in Denmark preaching. And there was a man on a wheelchair. And they brought this man right to the front of the church. We are talking about the power of God. These are all Caucasians. It was very scary for me. And they said, pray for this man. Everybody is watching. I don't know what I did. I do, I'm, I'm sure it's not even me. All I know is I lay hands on this guy and prayed. And what, he walked out of the wheelchair. The whole place erupted. Now, this is God at work. Does that mean I have the gift of healing? I'm not sure. But now watch something about the spirit of God and the gift. The gift will function when God needs them to draw attention to himself. So you might find yourself, suddenly you might say your primary gift is maybe yours is interpretation of tongues. And then you find yourself, wait a minute, have moved in healing right now. God used that to draw people to himself. It doesn't mean that may be your gift unless it's something you know God has given you. So you have people in the body of Christ, most evangelists, folks, will probably operate in the gift of healing. Have you noticed most of the time, evangelists will always talk about healing, 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 because that is what draws people to Christ. These gifts are there to manifest to draw people to Christ. Now, in conclusion for today, therefore, is a long teaching, but i like you to understand it. How then do I receive? Very simple. I have what I call a holy ambition. I have a holy ambition. A holy ambition. The Bible says to us in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 31. It said, covet 
earnestly the best gifts. Covetousness is a sin. But when you come to the gifts of the Spirit, that's the only place you are told to covet. So have what I call a holy ambition, a holy desire. First Corinthians 14.1 Follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts. You must desire them. Desire, Lord, give me gifts also that I can function as a believer. All right? Then number two, submit yourself to the will of God. Submit yourself to the will of God. Cleanse your heart. Submit yourself to the will of God. And number three, make sure you have received the Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit inside of you because there is gifts. And that's why I say nobody can say Jesus is Lord unless the Holy Spirit has pulled them. The question therefore today is this. Can you honestly say Jesus is Lord? Can you honestly say that Jesus is Lord? Why? Because nobody can ever say Jesus is Lord unless you have a relationship with him and you are born again. So if you are not born again, you can't put your hand on your chest and say, Jesus is Lord. Believe me, it's time for you to pray. You know, the problem is this. One day, every knee is going to bow to him. Either now or later in judgment. But for you to enjoy, move and manifest this spirit, these gifts, you need to be born again. Would you like to pray with me if you want to be born again and you want to say Jesus is Lord? Would you like to bow your heads in prayer and say, Dear Lord Jesus, today I come to you as a sinner who needs a Savior. Come into my life. Be my Lord and Savior. Wipe away my sins and forgive me all my righteousness. Wash me in your blood. And please write my name in the book of life. I say bye-bye to my past. And I embrace a new beginning. Declaring Jesus is Lord over my life. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Would you shout Jesus is Lord? That's the first step to collecting these gifts and receiving them. Now, having said that, therefore, Jesus is Lord. If you need to connect with us, means look on the screen now. There are contacts, there are social media handles are there. There's a number there. There's an email there. Do communicate with us at any time and we shall be willing to communicate with you. God bless you in Jesus' name. Now, remember this. There are nine gifts divided into three broad groups, okay? Inspirational gifts, vocal gifts, and power gifts. Don't forget them. They are gifts that are available for you. The Bible says, covet NSA the best gift. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Royal Tribe Church Podcast. If you'd like to share how you've been blessed, you can get in touch with us by sending an email to contact at royaltribechurch.org. Or if you'd like to know more about us, you can visit our website at royaltribechurch.org. Remember to follow us on social media. That's Royal Tribe Church on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Thanks again for joining us.